So when you have a chance to be in a room full of greatness, my advice is to soak up every bit of knowledge you can. And I was in that position last week, and I wanted to share some takeaways I got that are going to help you become more comfortable at selling. And you might even gain some mastery once you acquire these skills. We'll talk about it in a moment. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there, welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler, and I'm the CEO of Team Podcast, which is a full-service podcast production company. We've helped over 260 podcasters in the last 10 years, and I've made more than a million dollars from podcasting, so helping you monetize is my passion. And this week's content, I cannot take credit for it on my own. And you know, there's nothing new under the sun, as they say. And I was at Funnel Hacking Live last week, and we got a chance to go into uh, workshops and actually workshop with some of the main struggles that people have with sales funnels. So there was a traffic workshop, there was a sales workshop, there was a copywriting workshop, and there was a funnel workshop, all of which play into some of the same, same things you're dealing with right now as a podcaster trying to monetize. And the beauty of this content and the things that I'm going to talk to you about today are they're proven and tested and they just work. And they're from Myron Golden. And if you don't know who Myron Golden is, man, you should pick up all of his books and content that are out there because it, he is amazing. He will reframe sales to you in a way that will make you bolder and a lot more efficient in your sales process, but also you'll view it differently because of the things that people need for you to sell them. So the first thing, and this is a, a quote that I mentioned in last week's podcast, is the number one mistake Myron Golden says people have, and that would be you and me have this thought process in our mind, is thinking that selling is something that we do to people like I don't want to sell people rather than something that we do for people. And your audience needs to be sold on what you're doing. And they need to have ways and pathways that you can bring them along in their journey to solve whatever problem it is you're solving from them. And that needs to be a value exchange. And in exchange for you solving their problem, they need to pay you for that solution. Let me just say this. Our lives are built on paying for solutions to a problem, right? I mean, if you think that's not true, just let something in your house break, right? Let your hot water heater start leaking. Boy, you're looking for a solution real fast and you're willing to pay whatever it takes. I was recently in Hawaii and uh, they have the same issues in a lot of places that we do here in the Florida Keys right around Key West. And that is that you cannot find 
people to come out and fix your problems at your house. So if you have a uh, dishwasher that won't drain or you have plumbing issues or you have uh, yard work that needs to be done that you can't keep up with individually, like it's really hard to find people to come out and solve these problems, even when you have the money. And so many times what we need to realize is there are people that are willing to pay and pay well for getting the solution that will solve their problem and that's keeping them back from where they ultimately want to be in their life. So when you also buy into the prospect telling you a lie that they can't afford whatever it is you're offering them you are allowing them to stay in a place where they won't succeed. Now, most of the things that are that happen to us in life happen long before we're ready for it. Many times people have children before they're financially ready. Many, many times people leave a job or change careers before they're financially ready. Like we all in our minds, we tell with a message from our head that says, I can't afford this or that. And in a previous episode, I talked about money blocks and how a lot of that can't afford language stems from our money blocks. And it does. And we allow ourselves to speak into scarcity and live in scarcity instead of thinking, I can make this investment and I'm worth making this investment. But the biggest thing is, People will tell you that they can't afford it, but their actions prove it differently. I'll never forget one of the very first podcast clients I ever signed up back in 2014 when I started Team Podcast, a podcast production company. Um, I had a client, a really nice lady, and she said that her monthly budget to get like everything done for her podcast was like $199, like $200 was the max that she could spend for her solution to get her podcast produced. And that was below even what I was offering at the very beginning, which is much lower than our prices now, because we didn't have the level of expertise we had back then, back then that we have now, I should say. So she talked me down into discounting my services and discounting my uh, rates and basically working for a pittance for her podcast. And very soon after that on social media, I saw two things. And the first was a picture on social media of a very expensive handbag, what I would consider very expensive. Some of you may not consider it very expensive, but um, it was literally like she had a, like a $500 handbag that she had just bought and she had gotten and she was proud of it and she was showing it on social media. So she valued that handbag twice as much or more than she valued the time and effort I was going to put into creating a podcast for her. The second thing that happened, same client, the first time I sent an email and I said, your stuff is in the Dropbox. You can go check it out. Let me know if you want to get any changes. Do you know the message I got back immediately? (laughs) The message I got back immediately was a vacation reminder. Sorry, I'm on vacation, I'm visiting the island of Mustique, and I'm going to be gone for two weeks and blah, 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 blah. So it's not that somebody couldn't afford 
my services when they said I can only pay $200 a month. That was just the value that they had placed on getting that help. It also should have told me a lot about that client and how they valued their podcast. And uh, I wasn't smart enough to pick up on those clues at the time. So don't buy into the fact when a prospect says they can't afford it, they're speaking out of their place of scarcity and their money blocks. And you accepting that, and I'm not saying you got to fight to overcome objections, but the bottom line is don't let them stay in a place where they won't succeed. If you want to succeed, you got to put in the work and you've got to do what needs to be done in order to get there. And if they're not willing to pay for it and they're not willing to put the investment into it, then let them go. Let them go stay where they are. Let them stay stuck. Let them stay unsuccessful. Now, Myron Golden recommends when you are making offers that you basically, in the beginning, make it harder for somebody to accept your offer. Put a higher threshold out there than usual, because if you make it harder in the beginning, you make it easier in the end, because you can filter out all the people that aren't really committed. You can filter out all the people that are going to be high maintenance. And I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but in uh, the internet marketing world, and there's a meme that goes around. And it's funny because um, it's, it's so true. But it's like the difference in a $500 client and a $5,000 client. And it's like the $500 client is, what? You didn't do this. You should have told me this. You should be on call for me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You do that. And it just had, you know, had all these things that the $500 client was requiring. And then the $500 client or the $5,000 client, I should say, was just like, all right, thanks, see you later, you know, and just it was it was no big deal. And there's a huge difference in that mentality, that $500 to $5,000 client, and the way people value you, the people that always want to knock down and get discounts from your pricing, they are the ones that are going to be the hardest clients to serve, because they're expecting something for nothing. And you don't want to attract those clients. Let those clients go. Get the ones that are willing to pay you for your time and the value that you can provide in their lives and weed out the people that are going to be high maintenance, that are going to want something for nothing. Every time you turn around, they're going to need a refund and whatever. Like walk away. No, don't walk away. Run away from those types of clients. Number two. The number two mistake that Myron says that we and other marketers are making is that we are not making enough offers. It's it's true. We don't make enough offers on our podcast. And if he wants us to to think about it, like from the perspective of that, if you take the number of offers that you normally make in a year and make that number of offers in a month then what would happen? Well, clearly your audience would either, I mean, they were going to accept the offers or they're, you know, same number of people are going to accept or reject it, but your revenue is going to grow exponentially. And so the more offers you make and the more pathways you give for people to come and become a buyer with you, buying into your solutions to the problems that they have, then the better off you're going to be. And 
you know, it goes back to I think I was I was talked about mentioned this in the last podcast as well. But like we're so afraid of making offers on our podcast because we're afraid of rejection and we're afraid of, you know, whatever. And we, you know, we let this crazy fear and anxiety control us. And, you know, fear is a healthy response for us to certain things. But many times we let our fear and anxiety get out of control. Like whenever our fear response is enacted, it should be because there is danger somewhere. Like there is a problem that is going to present a life or death danger to me. And I need to be fearful and I need to take take action based on that fear. There is no life or death problem with me making offers like that fear that I have that fear of rejection that fear of putting myself out there is so magnified in my mind and it is completely irrational yours is too stare it in the face call it what it is the big lie and you're not going to take it anymore we need to be making more offers in our funnel and the thing is the more offers you make the more you can begin finding out what works and the more you can begin testing the things that work and then split testing. And the more you do this, the more finely tuned you get your sales machine and the more results you get. And you cannot tell me that you are not going to feel a heck of a lot better about busting your butt to produce four episodes a month or however many podcast episodes a month that you feel like you need to produce if you're getting thousands of dollars in sales on the back end from that and the minute you quit putting out the podcast those sales begin to dwindle down right so we have to make way more offers than we already are making and honestly way more offers than we are comfortable making right if you stop moving forward and stop expanding this part of your your psyche and to be uh, in in including the sales efforts in your comfort zone, then you will stop growing. Your podcast will entropy. It will eventually fade away and you will be among the ones that pod fade because you couldn't figure it out. It's not that hard. Feed momentum, starve inertia. It's a basic principle. You know, the best time to make a sale is right after you made the previous sale. So when someone comes to you and is buying something, the best time to buy, sell them something else is right then when they just made a purchase, right? So if you are making offers, you need to put more offers in your funnel and we need to make more offers. But here's the thing. It's easy when you make offers if you only commit to selling what the marketplace wants to buy. In fact, a best practice is to ask your marketplace what they need. What will help them overcome this problem or move to the place where they want to be in resolving this issue? Whatever it is that you're helping them with, ask them what they need and then go create it. And if they ask you, They tell you what you ask them. They tell you what they want. You go create it and then you come back with it. You have automatic sales just because you're only responding to what the marketplace already wants to buy, but it doesn't exist yet. 
So how much easier could it be to do this? You've already got a crowd gathered around you with your podcast listeners. You just have to find out what they want so that you can then create it and then they will be willing to buy it from you because it's the exact thing they have been looking for. And you know what? The bigger results that you can get for people with the products and things that you're creating, the less the price matters. When people tell you they can't afford something, it's because many times they're not clear what the result is. But if I told you that I can get your podcast monetized within 90 days and you could have a growing email list and a revenue stream from your podcast within 90 days... It really doesn't matter what the price is for that because you are probably going to be willing to do that because it's all about getting the payoff, getting the results. So mistake number one that we're making with sales is thinking that sales is something you do to people rather than something that you do for people. Mistake number two is not making enough offers creating more offers, knowing that we have to create more offers, it does become a numbers game. And the more offers you create, the more pathways you create for people to become a customer. And then the third mistake is to stop selling what you want to sell and only sell what the marketplace wants. How crazy is that? Stop selling what you want to sell and only sell what the marketplace wants. That's how you sell out products every single time. Mistake number four. Trying to find people to sell your stuff instead of making yourself findable for people that want to buy what you're selling. Now, we talk about this a lot when we talk about using SEO and what the people are searching for, what the solutions people are searching for to create podcast content. But what it also refers to is if you have a program, you could get affiliates, you could get people to sell your products and pay them a big commission and bring in more sales for you. You can find those people, but he says, Myron says, that stop trying to find people to sell stuff And instead, make yourself findable for the people that are already wanting to buy it. So by putting the right titles in your podcast and by running ads to the thing that you offer as a solution and by doing these things so that people that are searching for what you're buying, they're going to find you. And then again, that is a no brainer when it comes to a sale. Right. You can make a sale if people are already looking to buy what you have, but they just haven't run into you yet. And all of a sudden you run into them online or through an ad or through a podcast or whatever. Boom, they're going to buy what you're selling. Mistake number five, Myron says, is trying to get people to buy instead of creating an environment in which they want to buy. So you as a person who is selling, you need to get disconnected from the result, get disconnected from the people, the the result of people saying, yes, I'm going to take the offer or no, I'm not going to take the offer. And instead, focus on your audience and focus on what you need to create 
and then create a bunch of content so that you can be findable. And then you only make offers to people who want to buy your stuff. When you think about the logical conclusion of this kind of view of sales, it really eliminates so many ways that we allow ourselves to get off the hook and we allow ourselves not to make offers on our podcast. If you allow this to happen and you allow yourself to be talked out by fear and by fear of rejection and other things, let you be talked out of making offers and let you be talked out of monetizing your podcast, then your podcast will probably not last Your podcast has a limited shelf life if you're not getting value back from it. You have to get value. It's an imperative. You're not going to keep something that comes to you at such a high price. Think about how many hours a week you put into your podcast. Think about how many dollars a month you spend on your podcast. Think about how much effort and energy goes into all the aspects of your podcast, finding guests, rearranging your schedule, trying to get someone to watch your kids so that you can do a podcast interview. All of these things are things that are cost to you and you have to get value back or you're not going to keep doing them. There are so many ways for you to begin to monetize, but getting your content out there is the start of it. So what can you do this week that will get you on the path to making more offers? I advise clients, and I was telling you last week in a podcast that I had a client that came to me wanting to uh, wanting me to help her with podcast sponsorship, but the amount of money she was going to get was so low, and the cost of what we were going to have to do to make it worthwhile for her was so high that it just did not cash flow for her to get sponsors. It was going to cost her more in time, money, and revenue than than she would gain by getting sponsors. So one of the things that you can do if you have not yet made an offer and you don't know what to make an offer uh, of for your your podcast, you know, you don't really know what programs, and I don't want you to go create a bunch of digital programs that no one's going to buy. But the first thing you need to do is gather your people into a group. It can be a support group. It can be a mastermind group. It can be a brain trust. It can be whatever you want to call it. But you're getting people that are willing to pay a small amount of money to come and spend time with you every single month maybe even every single week, trying to solve their problems and using your frameworks to help do that. Then when you create that group and you charge whatever you're going to charge for it, whether you're charging $30 or $29, whatever you're charging per month to meet with those people once a month or once a week or whatever your frequency is, then you begin finding out more about what their problems are. You begin finding out what they will pay for to get relief from these problems. And all you have to do is then create it. So you don't have to do a lot of background information and and create a bunch of digital products and navigate the whole landscape of tech when it comes to putting out a course. 
simply get people to step forward and say, I'm more interested in this. I'm interested in going further with this topic. I'm interested in getting some one-on-one help or some one-to-a-few help. And I'm interested in joining a group where we can talk about this and focus on solutions. And I'm willing to pay a small amount each month. I mean, if you think about it, like if you offered a group, a monthly session where it was Q&A and you would would talk about certain aspects and things that your audience needs to help solve their problems. If you gathered that group together and let's just say you only have 10 people that take you up on it and you charge them basically $30 a month, right? Already, you would have $300 a month coming in just from that group. But that group is gold because that group is going to unlock the secrets that you need to know for the next products and the next courses and the next things that you create with them. So really, what you if you think about it, like compare that with the $60 per month that my client was going to get from sponsors versus $300 if you had just 10 people in your audience take you up on something. It doesn't matter the number that take you up on it. The point is you need to make offers. You need to begin getting people out there and doing something to get in front of your audience so you can find out what else they need so you can create those products and sell them more things. And you might say, Christy, you know what, I just wanted to do a podcast because I thought if I put out one good episode a week for a month that people would pay me somehow. And I just want to make more money than ever and just put out one episode a week and do nothing else. Well, you know what, your podcast is not your product. It's not. It's not a product that you can sell. Now, there are very few people that can do that. It's like the upper one half of 1% of podcasters that get a deal with Spotify or get the, the Joe Rogan treatment and a $100 million deal to, to sign on a podcast network with exclusive content there. But understand that doesn't mean that the rest of us can't make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year by gathering a community together and serving them. But if you never make that effort to serve them and get an offer in front of them, then you'll never be able to monetize your podcast. And I don't want that for you. If you need help monetizing your podcast and you need help just getting getting your stuff together, um, a lot of times people that have been podcasting for a little while, you've um, you haven't stayed up to date on everything and you're kind of out to date on what the latest technology is or what the latest trends are. You're out to date on uh, what the what the people that are really monetizing their podcast are doing successfully. And so if you need someone to look under the hood of your podcast and make some recommendations and get you to a point where you have a step by step, here's the next things you would do to begin growing your email list and begin getting your podcast in front of more people and begin monetizing, then a podcast tune up is probably one of the best investments of your time. I've been doing these for a few months now, and I have had such a good time doing them because I've been able to give people ways to actually take those next steps and put things into action. So if you want to take advantage of that, just go to Team Podcast, T-E-A-M, teampodcast.com forward slash tune up. 
and you can read all about it there. And then I meet with you one on one to share the results and give you um, some strategies that you can implement to take your podcast to the next step in monetization. So I hope this podcast has been helpful for you. Uh, I just know whenever Myron speaks and whenever he lays out his philosophy of sales, it like immediately is so logical that it just completely dispels any excuses that I give myself. So I hope this has been helpful for you in that way as well. Thank you so much for your time today. And don't forget, if you need a tune up, go to teampodcast.com forward slash tune up. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.